Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start today. In our last episode, we wrapped up the Inspire Breakout Sessions. I hope you enjoyed all the amazing teaching on pursuing a God-sized vision and focus for life. Today, we have a special episode that was recently recorded as part of Katie Orr's Bible Study Girl series. If you're not familiar with Katie and her Bible Study Hub, you need to check out her ministry and all the amazing resources offered to help you dig deep into God's Word. In today's episode, Katie interviews me. We talk about my Bible study rhythms as well as balancing life and ministry and all the things. I share about Andrea Lennon ministry and the vision of encouraging women to know the truth, live the truth, and share the truth. During our talk, Katie also shares her heart and her passion for encouraging women to connect with God's Word. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I pray it inspires you to have consistency in your time in the Word of God. May we always live to Him, with Him, for Him, and through Him. Hey ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited today. I have Andrea Lennon here with us and I can't wait for you to get to know her. So Andrea, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, thank you so much, Katie. I'm so excited to be with you. I remember the first time you and I met, We, I think we were in a car driving to a Lifeway event and I knew immediately that you were my kind of girl. So uh. thank you so much. <laughs> My name is Andrea Lennon, and I have a ministry called Andrea Lennon Ministry, and the purpose of the ministry is to encourage women to know, live, and share truth. So, Katie, we have a lot in common. Uh, I have, um, my husband and I, we've been married for 25 years, and we have two boys. Jake is 21, and I can't believe that, and Andrew is 17, and so we are busy with life and ministry and just juggling all the things, but we're blessed. Mm-hmm. We live in Arkansas. I live in central Arkansas in Conway, Arkansas, and we've been here for most of our married life. So I'm an mm-hmm. Arkansas girl b- born and raised here. Um, call the hogs and just love to uh, <laughs> serve the Lord and serve the women, not only in our state, but um, also throughout the United States through our ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so awesome. Just random side note. I have noticed with all you Arkansonians, I don't yes. know what the word is, that you always say like, I'm from Northwest Arkansas or Central Arkansas, or I don't, I don't know why that is, but I've, everyone that is from Arkansas, they don't necessarily say first what town they're from. They say they're the region. That's and exactly I find that right. Very interesting. I don't know why that is. That's can you shed great... some light on us? I can. <laughs> I think that I can because Arkansas is we're the natural state. And so if you like to hike or um, canoe or kayak the Buffalo River or anything like that, then you you need to come to our state. We are a destination state for you. Uh, but our state is very different in like to the topography. Like so Northwest Arkansas okay. is mountainous. That's where the hills are. And then um, South Arkansas is flat. That's our Delta. Central Arkansas kind of bridges the gap. And so whenever I say you know, I'm from central Arkansas, that immediately communicates something about my life. So just kind of interesting. interesting. But Northwest Arkansas, I think anybody in Northwest Arkansas would probably say that's kind of like the promised land of Arkansas, because, (laughs) you know, I have heard that when I asked that question, they're like, well, Northwest Arkansas, that's (laughs) the place to go. That's the place. And I actually love all of Arkansas. And so I love it all. I'm good. But I will say the shopping and the restaurants, and the opportunities in Northwest Arkansas are pretty good. And so I love to go up there and I love to, and I grew up in Northwest Arkansas. So maybe that's okay. why 
My roots are yeah. a little bit more planted in the hills of Arkansas. But yeah. now that I'm in central Arkansas, I'm about two hours away from any particular, you know, area of Arkansas because we're a smaller mm-hmm. state. So that's great for mm-hmm. my ministry. I can go somewhere, be there, minister, and get back home to my bed and my people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, That's yes. awesome. Oh, man. Uh, That's funny, but... funny. Thanks for shedding some light there. Yes, yeah, I'm here anyway. to serve. Here to serve. <laughs> uh, so you are a Bible girl. I mean, you you love the Word. You study the Word. You teach the Word. Um, my guess is that you haven't always been a Bible teacher. You haven't always loved the word, you know, tell us a little bit about your Bible study journey. Yes. Well, it is a bit interesting. Um, and it has the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns. And I love that because I think it's a reminder to all of us that the journey is real and Mm. that through the journey, there's so much that God uses to reveal not only our heart, but also his heart you know, for us, that he never gives up on us, that he loves us, that his mercies are new every single morning. Great Mm -hmm. is his faithfulness. And so I'll take you a little bit through my journey. I was born on March 11th, 1976 in Searcy, Arkansas, and I was placed up for adoption. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there were several different sets of adoption papers that were written on my life. God in his sovereignty, providence, and plan saw fit to connect me with a Christian family. Uh, And it was an instant family. My brother, two years older than me, also adopted. And then my sister was seven months younger than me. She's my parents' biological child. So I always joke that my parents took us to church because they had a nursery. The church had a nursery (laughs) (laughs) because we had, they had three kids under three in a very Uh, short amount of time. But that really started my, my journey with the Lord, because there was something so sweet and special early on about Mm -hmm. church. I was drawn Mm -hmm. into the love of God to the study of his word. I was not passing notes. I was listening to the sermon. I surrendered my life to Christ as a young girl. I was six years old, uh, Mm -hmm. was the first one down the aisle to surrender on that Mm -hmm. particular Sunday night. And really that started a journey of um, love, just being in love with the Lord and being in love with the word. I wanted to be at church. I wanted to be Mm -hmm. in his word. I wanted to grow uh, in my knowledge and application of the word. And that led Uh, to leading very early on. I led a Bible study at my high school. I served early on in my local church teaching Sunday school to other, um, you know, kids my age. And so I I did have a passion for the word that was not only discovered early on, but that was cultivated early on. But when Mm -hmm. I hit the age of 18, I ran from God. I ran from Mm -hmm. his calling in my life. I ran from the calling because I knew that God was calling me to teach women the word of God. I had been, um, by God's goodness and grace, um, welcomed into our women's ministry at my home church. And I did um, precept Bible studies uh, with those women. So, you know, learning the who, what, when, where, how, and why of scripture, learning how to get a word from the word, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, um, consulting the commentaries after the, you know, just that opportunity to do digging in for myself. And so that was my background. But then as the Lord was calling me at the age of 16 and 18 to teach the word to other people, to other women specifically, I, that did not fit into my plan. Hmm. Uh, that was not the direction I saw my life going. I wanted to be in control of my life and I wanted God mm-hmm. just to kind of bless my plan, which was more about the American <laughs> dream, uh, than mm-hmm. a surrendered life. And so that led to seven years of a desert wandering experience where mm-hmm. Katie, I went from the Bible study girl who was always in church, always teaching, always looking for opportunities to teach 
to a time when we, my husband and I very rarely went to church. I very rarely mm -hmm. opened mm -hmm. my Bible. I very rarely prayed. And the Lord in his goodness and grace was allowing me to get to the end of myself. Um, mm -hmm. He was allowing me to see that the American dream and a life controlled by myself was empty and that, mm -hmm. um, that it would never truly satisfy. And so there's a lot that kind of goes into that portion of my story that's connected back to my adoption. But God just started to reveal that I wanted to be in control because I had felt like my life had been out of control. And because I had felt like my life had been out of control, that when I turned 18, I was going to get my ducks in a row and I was going to call the shots. And again, that's seven years of God just saying, give, give it a try, see how that works out for you. And mm -hmm. uh, my husband, then we moved to Conway, Arkansas, and we joined our home church, Second Baptist Church. And I joined just because I wanted to find friends, the, the women's Bible study. And through that process, I was reintroduced to Bible study, reintroduced to teaching the word of God, reintroduced to just, just being under the authority of scripture and the beauty of that in, in application of his word to our everyday life. And I remember leaving Bible study one night and we'd been doing um, a, a study on Jesus. And I remember praying in my heart, Lord, where have you been? Like, have you ever had that moment? Like, Lord, where have you been? And just uh -huh. in, my, in my heart, the Lord just reminding me that he wasn't the one that had mm -hmm. moved, but that I had. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that in the process of that realization, he was just it calling me back to himself. And so that was really the beginning of, of really surrendering to my calling to ministry. But it was still pretty messy and ugly uh, because the Lord, the Lord was just going to have to, he was really going to make it clear to me that the next step of obedience for me was to go to seminary and to get some training and to get some education. Mm. And that was very far from my mind. I grew up with dyslexia. So I actually didn't think that I could ever do graduate level work or write papers mm -hmm. or stand in front of a group and read a passage of scripture. So the Lord was just teaching me about his strength and about mm -hmm. his ability and how his strength is made per perfect in our weakness. And so there was a lot of sanctification that took place. But I would say after I surrendered to that calling the third time, I really started to really dig into the word for the right reasons. And I think mm -hmm. that there's a, a difference. And that's what we have to understand is that we, we should be in the word of God to connect with God, not to check mm -hmm. it off our list, not mm -hmm. in order to prove that we're good, not in order to prove that we've got it together. If anything, to prove that we desperately need um, God to intervene in our mess, in our struggles, mm -hmm. in our pain, and to show us the way forward. And that's what I think of when I think of the word of God that God's word was written and preserved so that we will know how to live. Just imagine mm. the God of the universe, the one who spoke all things into existence. He wants to have a personal meeting with you and me on this day so that we can know how to navigate our time here on this earth in his love, in his power, with his peace and for his glory. And mm -hmm. that excites me. So it's been yeah. a journey, uh, but it's been a good journey. And even if I could go back and change some of the messy parts. I'm not sure that I would because through mm -hmm. the brokenness, God brings purpose to the pain. He brings meaning out of the mess. And we really do get to experience beauty instead of the ashes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing your story. And I, there's several things there that I identify with, especially the surrender piece. Uh, that was such a scare. That was like the S word, you know, yes. like surrender. Yes. No, um, <laughs> I did not grow up going to church, but, um, 
was in Christian school. So I was around the Bible and I knew the things and it was a lot of legalism, whether it was taught that way or just the way I turned it in as a type A checklister, you know, it became legalism for me. And we'd go to chapel on Fridays and these missionaries would come from all over the world and they would talk about surrendering your life to Jesus. And I, I didn't, I'm sure I'm, I'm hopeful that they said things like God is so good. Like, you know, like it's so amazing to be in God's presence and God's word will give you the strength you need all those lessons that you've said you've learned. But all I heard was give up everything you want and live this horrible life. Like that's, that's what I heard. I literally thought that if I surrendered to God as a teenager, this is what I thought. I thought I would end up in Africa in a hut married to an ugly man. Like yes. I really, really, truly yes. thought that that's what God would do to me, which shows how off my view of God was, but it's actually just such a beautiful thing to surrender. It's a very freeing thing to surrender because it's no longer up to me. I have a role to play, but I don't have to figure out what life looks like 10 years from now. I don't have to figure out what tomorrow looks like. I don't need to worry about that because God has a plan. And as I surrender to that and make life more about being with him instead of that plan, like you talked about, I absolutely recognize, like uh, resonate with that. Just like, well, here's my plan, God, but your plan, I don't know what it looks like. I'm assuming it looks like these things. Right. So for those of you out there, like scared of surrender, we get it. We've been there. I still struggle with that sometimes, but we have to look back to the good character of God. The reason why surrender was so hard for me was because I saw God as distant. I saw God as powerful, but he didn't really understand. I didn't feel like he knew me because if if he knew me, he would know that I don't want to go to Africa and marry an ugly man, (laughs) you know? So Obviously, I mean, God, God has blessed me so much. I'm married to a hus- a very, very handsome husband. Um, not that that matters so much anymore, but in the teenage mind, it was a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. he's blessed. Like I'm doing things and experiencing things that was never in a plan of mine. Never could I have dreamed that life would be a certain way and that I would enjoy it. But that's that beauty of surrender. That's right. That's right. That good, pleasing and perfect will of God, you know, Mm -hmm. as applied to our everyday life. And I think so often um, we are afraid because we don't know his character. We don't know his ability. We don't know his strength. We don't know his truth. And so we place our confidence Mm -hmm. in ourselves rather than in who he is and how he faithfully works. And so, you know, the heart of a woman who is pursuing God is a heart that is abiding in him Mm -hmm. that is surrendering to him and that is trusting the outcome to a good God who has a good will, who has a good plan and who is going before and making the path straight. And you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Mm -hmm. I I would say that any of us would say, we want the freedom. We want that peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. But we have to remember that it is a process of surrendering to a good God that we experience Mm -hmm. that fruit. We experience that abiding. And so my heart is to encourage women to know that truth, to live that truth and to share that truth. And through knowing, living and sharing, it penetrates down to every morsel of our being so that we move beyond a compartmentalized life, which I have fallen into in the past where I'll say, okay, God, you can have this and this and this, but this over here, I'm going to kind of hang on to. And what Mm -hmm. I've learned and Katie, probably what you've learned is when we give him those most cherished areas, when we give him 
those areas where we are fearful, where we are afraid, then what happens is his move sweeps through our entire life, that mm -hmm. we can move beyond a compartmentalized uh, relationship with God to that full, free, abundant, that the, the lies of the enemy are silenced in Jesus's name, or they're mm -hmm. dealt with, or they're processed in a way so that we, we do know him and we do make him known, which is why we're here. And so mm -hmm. I just don't want women um, to settle for less than God's best because for so mm -hmm. long I did. And so I'm passionate about that. And, and probably um, as women share their story with me, which I love hearing the stories, you know, I see just so much the, the creativity of God in his mm -hmm. creation but as they share their stories, I just want to encourage them. I want to come alongside mm -hmm. them in any way that I can help them to pursue God and to pursue Christ and to pursue a life of surrender. I'm all in. I'm all mm -hmm. in on that. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of my journey. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So let's let's talk about that. Then you've talked a lot about helping women know, live and share the truth. What are kind of some of your top tips? I know you have a ministry and a community that is just surrounded about that. So let's let's put our feet on the ground. What does that look like? Sure. Okay. So we um, so my ministry has three different branches: Andrea Lennon Live, which is obviously like the speaking side of my ministry, where I go to churches for conferences, retreats, you know, special events, and the really the heartbeat of my ministry historically has been the live events. I love to get mm -hmm. in the room with the women, but obviously with COVID, there was an interruption mm -hmm. to live events. So it helped me to really kind of flesh out a, a little bit broader ministry focus. And so that's where the three branches started to really formalize. So Andrea Lennon Live, that's the, the live events. Truvine Publishing, uh, that's my written and digital products. I've self-published four books and um, I will hold those up for you. Uh, we have On the Road with Ruth, uh, Free to Thrive, which is a 40-day devotional for women on the go, God in the Window, which is the story of my life and that call to surrender, mm -hmm. and then Reflecting His Glory, which is an in-depth Bible study on Romans 12 too. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that's the that's the the written products. And then there's digital products like ebooks. Uh, we've got several ebooks out, videos, those kinds of things, and all of that is either housed or linked on my website, andrealennonministry.org. And then the final thing, the final branch of the ministry is the Girl on the Go community. And that's mm -hmm. really that gathering place where we are encouraging women to be a girl who takes the truth of God's word with them as they go through the day, knowing mm -hmm. it, living it, sharing it. And so it's really just that heartbeat of, of mine and our ministry to help move beyond a checklist mentality whenever it comes to our mm -hmm. walks with God. Because I think many of us, um, especially those of us who grew up in the church, we fight that mentality mm -hmm. of praying, done with that. Bible study, done with mm -hmm. that. Going to church, done with that. Service time, done with that. But God has so much more for us. And so as we mm -hmm. use those disciplines and those opportunities as a launching pad into our day, uh, where we get with the Lord and we get a word from the Lord and then we walk out that through a life of surrender throughout the day, then what happens is the truth of God's word comes to life as we're going through our day. We're knowing truth. We're living truth. We're sharing truth. We're you know open to embracing those encounters that God has for us. And, and really the fruit of the spirit is just demonstrated in and through us. And so that's, that's really what the girl on the go community is about. And so, 
during the shutdown, uh, during COVID, I'd always wanted to start a private Facebook group, but mm-hmm. I just didn't have time because of all these other things mm-hmm. that I had going on. And so the, I think early on, like week two or week three of kind of the shutdown, I just threw it out on my personal Facebook page. Hey, would anybody want to join a private Facebook group where we talk about um, this, I believe, and we look at doctrines and we look at theology and we look at scripture, but we, we take it into a personal level of what that doctrine looks like applied to our life. Well, I was shocked within probably 24 hours, 1500 women had in that group. Uh And then I kind Uh of panicked because I thought, (laughs) well, I should have done a little more preparation, but nothing like God just saying, well, you've you've been planning, you've been praying, here you go. And so that started this community of women where we have a little over 3000 in the, the private Facebook group now where we just study God's word together and we share scriptures and we share prayer requests. And obviously I have a lot of plans for that community to develop and grow, but it's a great first start. And we're also Mm -hmm. um, in the next couple of weeks um, launching our merchandise line where Mm -hmm. we'll have the T-shirts and the hats and uh, the the logoed bags and those kinds of things just to remind us as we go through our day to know, live and share truth, to be Mm -hmm. a sweet friend, which if you listen to my podcast, Inspire on the Go with Andrea Lennon, I start every single podcast the same way. Hey, sweet friend, uh, I hope that your day is off to a great start. Um, and so that concept of being a sweet friend is, and that's a Southern thing, which I realized, you know, for our <laughs> listeners who aren't in the South, that's like, oh, that's so silly, but here it kind of works. Um, but to be a friend to someone is so much more than just passing them on the street, but encouraging mm-hmm. them to take the truth of God's word with them. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of things in the hopper. We have a lot of things happening and it's a really, really exciting time. That's exciting. I love that. So as you, I love the picture of on the go. You know, we're all mm-hmm. on the go. We're all busy. Right. Like you and I were just talking beforehand, you know, it's like, how are you doing? We're good, but tired, right? It, yes. it, yeah. Life would not, if we weren't tired, there'd be something wrong. I don't know. And we were just kind of joking around. That's just stage of life. So many of us are busy and with so many opportunities more and more digitally and all of that, I think every one of us feel it that There's just so much, life is complex. Life a hundred years ago was so much simpler. Now we have a lot of, a lot of benefits from, from, you know, now versus a hundred years ago, but the downside is just all the things, which is constant information. We're constantly on the go. So what would be like your, so when you talk about living, so we know the truth, we kind of get, okay, we go to the Bible and we get to know the truth through Bible study methods, all those things. And then we live the truth. Yes. You have any tips for that, for that on the go, bringing the word with us, just really super practical things that we can do to help us bring the word with us as we go. Absolutely. Thank you for that question, because that is my heartbeat for women is practical application, like getting it out of just um, a contextualized thought process or a knowledge base, but into an everyday kind of application to our everyday lives. And so for me, as I said earlier, every discipline that I do, whether that's prayer, Bible study, um, journaling, praise and worship time, that is just the beginning of my time with the Lord that day. And so it's a launching pad into my day. So when I go into my day, I'm looking for where God is at work 
and seeking mm-hmm. to join him there. So having spiritual eyes to see, a spiritual heart um, to, to you know, sense what God is doing and then not question it, not over process it, but just simply to respond in the moment with obedience and faith. So what does that look like for me? That means, you know, having my phone ready for Lord, what assignment do you have for me today? Creating margin within my day, which is very difficult for all of us to do, but leveraging time within our day to say, Lord, what is it that you would have me to do with this 30 minutes? Creating mm-hmm. that space in our day. And then also just being an encouragement. That word that God gives you in the morning is not just for you. So as we're in our morning quiet time and we're reading our passage of scripture and we're studying it and God is faithfully speaking, then I'm going to pray and ask him, Lord, today, show me somebody that I can share this with somebody Mm -hmm. that I can just, you know, face to face and then pray with them. Because what happens in that moment as I'm living that thing out is it is further rooted within me. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. And so I I try to share, I try to, you know, as I'm knowing truth, then I try to just, okay, how can I apply this on this particular day, but then also take it to a share kind of moment. And so Mm -hmm. um, I have a a top 10 list, which Katie, I know you're familiar with my top 10 list and it's available uh, on my website in an ebook form at andrealinenministry.org slash top 10. And in that particular ebook, there's 10 practical ways to practice the presence of God, whether that is mm. through your time of, of prayer time that leads to a, a practical application. Maybe it's, and this is something that I have done regularly with my kids, especially when they were younger, is I'll take $10, a $10 bill, and I'll gather the kids together and we'll pray and we'll say, today, God is going to show us how to use this $10 to bless Mm. somebody else and to use it for his glory. And so guys, will you help me watch for God's active move today? Will you help me to sense what God's doing when you're at school today? If there is somebody who maybe isn't eating lunch, or maybe you notice something's Mm. going on with their clothes or with their shoes, would you be a part of us blessing another person by taking this $10 and just let's, let's see what God's going to do with it. Now that's a simple example, but we'll do that as a family with our time. Okay. Over the weekend, we have an hour set aside. What is it that God's going to do? Just very practical mm-hmm. ways. And, and here's where, and this heart comes out, I think because my background is in local church work. Uh, Whenever I went to seminary, I received a master of arts in Christian education and then started working in the local church in in the area of like discipleship and education. And I so have always had a heartbeat to not necessarily tell people these are the five things that you need to do, but rather teach them how to connect with God and to hear Mm -hmm. his move and the work of his spirit, and then to go and do that. And so even as I give a top 10 list, I'm still thinking, we really want to help women just understand how to get a word from the word, how to process that throughout their everyday experience, to step out in obedience and faith. And as they do it one or two times, it's going to begin to build within Mm -hmm. them a sensitivity to the move of the spirit in and through their lives. And so there's some real Mm -hmm. practical things that we can do like that. But at the same time, as I share those things, don't let that box you in. Like those are Mm -hmm. the three things I have to do. What's God Mm -hmm. doing? What's God teaching? How is he at work around you? Um, You know, just even connecting with another ministry within your community that's doing gospel ministry. It may start by once a month donating one hour and seeing the relationships that are built outside of your holy huddle. Like we got to get outside of our normal people and our Mm -hmm. normal experiences and start living, you know, 
in, in faith zones where gospel conversations are happening with people who don't know the Lord, who aren't connected mm-hmm. to the local church. And so mm-hmm. I know that's a lot of different things, but those are some of the things that we do in our family. Mm-hmm. Lots of really practical ideas there. And I love what you s- talked about. I, I think this one thing, if, if we don't do anything else, as we think about Bible study, especially, and we tend to come to God's word, like saying, okay, what's in it for me? And I talk a lot about like, that's a, that's a, that's an okay question to ask because we get a lot from God's word. It is a gift of grace to us. But first question needs to be, you know, how can I learn more about God? What can I learn about God here? And that in turn will give us something because his character is good. That will, that will help us. His understanding is purpose for us. That gives us something. But what you said about hearing from the word and getting it and that it's not meant to stop there. Like we receive from God so that we can give to others. And I I can vividly remember the moment where it was like this light bulb moment in my life where it was like the end goal of, of salvation is not just my salvation, right? The end goal of me being saved is not just, hey, I'm saved and now I'm gonna be with God for eternity, which is amazing. But if that was the end goal of my salvation, why am I still here? Like, why still live out this life if the end goal is for just me to spend eternity with God? We're here for a reason. And so, gosh, that applies so much to our Bible study that, yes, we get a lot out of that. Yes, we need it. We need it. But that's not the end goal. That's not where it stops. If that's where it stops, then we could just stay at home and read our Bibles all day long. But that is not the fuller picture, the fuller experience really of how we can be changed and used by God. It's we get it in order that we can give it to others. I love that intentionality. Just, I I guess I've never heard it put exactly the way you you put Mm -hmm. it. And what a shift for us to make that it's, it's, it's a good, amazing first step for us to realize our need for the word of God in our lives in a regular, deep, consistent way. But that's not the end goal. The end goal is then to use that to glorify God in our everyday moments. Um, And so I love that question that we can all take away today is each day as we as we read the word, as we hear the word, as we go through a sermon to ask, how is that changing me? But then, God, now who can I give this to? Who can I give this grace, this this little bit of grace that you just gave me through this Mm -hmm. truth? That's powerful. That's so good. So good. Yeah. You know, the body of Christ, that we were made in the image of God to be in relationship with God and that he does have a purpose and plan. And Jesus said, go make disciples, you know, and so my heart, mm-hmm. even through our Bible study time is the the multiplication, you know, it is. And, and mm-hmm. thankfully, that's not dependent upon us. It is a move of his mm-hmm. spirit, but we get to be partners in the process. And so mm-hmm. um, as we partner with what God is doing by putting our yes on the table, by surrender, then he's going to do more than what we ask, imagine what we can dream and what we can do in our own resources mm-hmm. or in our own strength. And so let's yeah. press in, let's lean in, mm-hmm. let's let's be let's be so intentional. I love that word um, to the gospel call because life is mm-hmm. busy and it is overwhelming. And if we're not careful, we'll get into the rat race and we'll fall into those mm-hmm. same cycles of just surviving. And that really mm-hmm. is a, a passion of ours here at the ministry is, is let's thrive in Jesus's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder how many opportunities I've missed by not expecting and looking for and that picture of even that physical i think we can see it more with that physical ten dollar bill like 
I got to get rid of this by the end of the day. I know yes. that's not the heart, but you know, yes. you're just like, if yeah. at the end of the day, I still have this, well, I've missed an opportunity. That's right. But we can do that also with the truth that God gives us. So, 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 so good. Well, as so we good. wrap up our time together, um, Andrew, share a little bit about what you're reading and studying yes. right now in God's word. Okay. So I am currently walking through the book of Acts just personally mm -hmm. in my morning times and really almost just rewriting it in my journal. That's what I have discovered I am doing because I'm again, slowly walking through the book of Acts because I want that Holy Spirit, New Testament, old, early church fire. And um, so that's something I'm doing personally in my quiet time. And then with the ministry, we're focusing on cultivating biblical hope. Uh, when I wrote On the Road with Ruth, I noticed that on the backdrop of pain and loss and difficulty and trial, there was this constant hope that God was pouring into and shining into the lives of Naomi and Ruth. And as I thought about that, that, you know, on the backdrop of loss and on the backdrop of pain and on the backdrop of difficulty, hope always shines forth um, through mm. God's intentional work that I knew I wanted to come back. And so I started digging into hope. Like, what is hope? Because growing up, I didn't hear a lot about hope. I heard about mm -hmm. grace and mercy and love and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't know a lot about hope. And so personally, I started digging into what is hope? What, you know, how can I define it? How can I describe it? How can it be applied to my life? And so God has just been cultivating in me the reason that we have hope and how hope is more than a feeling. And so that's mm -hmm. been something that I've been digging into the, the heart of um, that the passage that's really supporting that is Romans 15, 13, may the God of mm -hmm. hope fill you with mm -hmm. all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Lord's just been really solidifying in my heart that we have hope because Jesus overcame the grave. We have hope because the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit lives inside of us. We have hope because um, we have the word of God, which tells us how to live, which is living and breathing and active. And we have hope because we are part of a community, a family of believers. So we're never alone. And as we cultivate mm -hmm. biblical truth in the midst of overwhelming circumstances, hope rises, hope mm -hmm. rises. And so mm -hmm. that's just something that I'm personally uh, both in my ministry and personally looking at uh, in my mm -hmm. morning quiet times, my daily, my daily time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Thanks for sharing all that. Oh man. I know we could probably sit here and talk for another two hours about the goodness of God and all that we're learning through his word and all that he's doing. And, um, but we're all girls on the go. So I guess we that's gotta right. Go. <laughs> we got to go. Um, <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Andrea. And everybody, thanks for joining us, hanging out with Thank us. You. Definitely connect with Andrea. We'll have some links. Uh, so definitely check out all that she has to offer. Um, and hopefully we will all enjoy God's word a little bit better today as a result of this conversation. So right. thanks Thank again, you, Andrea. Katie. Yeah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.